I was still in your class. Boker Tov, Boker Tov. I want to thank all our listeners for their feedback on helping us understand the, the story of the dove. We had some, uh, some feedback via text. Feel free to always do that if you ever have an idea or if we ever get stuck in the class on something and you have an idea that you think makes sense, feel free to, to let us know. Uh, obviously, the, the question was, we had a bunch of questions. I mean, what is the whole thing with the raven and the dove? What does that mean? What would be the difference between the raven and the dove? So uh, Niku was telling me that the raven is actually a very, very aggressive animal. And the dove is a very peacefully back animal, which is classic because the dove actually does represent peace in, in like modern society. Mm-hmm. The, you know, uh, the olive branch in the dove's mouth is a symbol of peace. So we were thinking maybe the problem with humanity was that they were too aggressive and that it was, it was like the law of the jungle and people were preying on one another. And the goal was to get humanity to a point of peace and a point where they'll be able to coexist so that the dove, so that the going from the raven to the dove represents a transition from a very aggressive behavior to a more peaceful behavior. Uh, and then we, we did ask the question of why does, why does it describe in such detail the, how Noah brought the dove back onto the teva? It says, and he sent his hand and he took it and he brought it back onto the teva. Now, obviously, if he's going to bring the, back, the, the dove back onto the teva, he would need to, to, to bring it back on. So it describes it and it's a very wordy description of Noah, uh, Noah uh, bringing, bringing back the dove. And Giacomo was just saying that in Rashi, it says that it's, it's a description to show you the compassion he had on the creature that failed in its mission. Meaning when you send somebody on a mission and they do their best to successfully fulfill the mission, you still, even if they don't, even if they don't succeed and they fail, when they come back to you, you show them proper respect. And you, you, so it, it wants to emphasize the fact that Noah treated the dove with respect. These are all nice ideas. I'm still a little bit, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't quench my, my thirst. None of these things quench my thirst. But, okay, now we did, we finished the eighth chapter, right? Yes, 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 yes. yes. And we said that Noach, the first thing Noach does is he brings a korban when he comes off the teva. And we said the philosophers go crazy on what does it mean to bring a korban. Uh, if you want to think about it more, the, the idea that the philosoph- that the more, you know, the philosophical types they, they discuss about the korban is what does it mean that a human being would bring a korban to God? Now, um, what, what does that tell you? Well, the fact that we bring an animal to God, we slaughter an animal and bring it to God, it's almost like, it's, it's almost like we are assuming that God enjoys what we enjoy. You know, it's like, Whenever you bring a gift to someone, you know, if you're a bad gift giver, then you bring things that you like without consideration for what the person likes, right? So you really like, I don't know, emeralds, and, the, and you know the person doesn't like it, but you like, the, you like emeralds, so you bring them a gift of emeralds. You're just doing what you like. Not what you're doing what you like. So the philosophers say this is very similar to the whole idea of Korban, where Noah has a, they, they say that Noah has like a primitive understanding of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he's bringing a korban because he, that's what he likes. They also say that maybe Noah is still terrified 
So, you know how but, in like... This answer doesn't make sense because it says God liked the smell. Yeah, I'm just introducing you to what people... What the, I, I, don't, I don't think... I don't agree with it. I don't, I don't think that's, that's the emet. I think the, the story is a little bit simpler than that. I don't think we're supposed to psychoanalyze Noah and his bringing up the korban. Noah was probably going crazy because what he saw happen, it's... Yeah, so so it's, it's crazy. I don't think we should take it as well. So they, they essentially what they're trying to say, these people, is that the whole institution of a korban is kind of like a bad thing, you know, because it's humans bringing to God what they like instead of what God wants. And we see, by the way, it did people did get carried away with korbanot. If you look in the Navi Shaya, he always describes the fact that people got carried away with the korban and they forgot to actually do what God wants, which is. To behave well and to treat others kindly. Yeah, and I don't need your korban. And I don't need your korban. So there is some truth to it, but I don't think we have to penalize Noah for bringing a yes. korban here, which is what some of the some of the perushim do. Not the not the classical perushim. Yes. I'm talking about the more modern ones, the, the philosophical ones. Uh, but for sure, Noah is terrified. Imagine yeah, he comes off the teva. Now he remember we said that God had to tell him to go off the teva. Even though it was dry out. What does that, that mean if it's dry out and Noah sees that, but he has to wait for God to allow him to come off the teva? He had a sense of fear. Maybe he was still afraid. Right? I, I don't it's going to happen again. Maybe it's going it's to happen, happen again. again. Maybe the second I walk onto the ground, it's going to happen again. Yes. So, so definitely the korban that he brings is some kind of like mode of appeasement or at least yes. some, something to cure his anxiety about... Is this thing going to happen again? Yeah. So, but it's all, so, uh, and then we said also that the way God responds to it is by smelling the good smell, which I said it's very important to realize that because if you look into other, into like the, 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 if you look into stories of pagan ideology, they always describe their gods as jumping on the korbanot of people and devouring it and fighting over the korbanot and things like that. And Bore Olam, he just smells the smell, you know, very passive. Even that he doesn't do, but the idea is to, is to convey the message that Bore Olam's, the pleasure he takes in a korban, it's not tangible. It's not, it's not tangible, exactly. That's the idea there. Okay. Now, what does it mean? I will not, this is uh, the 21st Pasuk, God smells the, the good smell, and He says, I will no longer curse men on the earth because, uh, I will no longer curse the earth because of man, because the inclination of man's heart is bad from his youth. <laughs> and I will no longer destroy all life as I've done. When we, when we start, we are not... Like when we are so there's a deep there's a deep message there there's a deep message there that our the ability for us to be good comes in a lot later than our ability to be bad you know if you look at like a little kid a two year old and three year old or whatever they're they don't have the ability to think in terms of like altruism or or let me, let's say you get them, if you do get them to share something with their brother, it's very, very hard to do. And they're typically not doing it for the sake of the mitzvah. They're doing sure. it because they, they're scared of the consequences of not sharing. Yes. Or they feel like they have to. So it's very clear that little kids, it does take, their yetzer hara, we'll call it, starts in their body, manifests itself earlier than their yetzer atov. This is true. It's true. The, the kids start off as purely the the kids start off as pure takers, you know, and and then it the goodness has to develop. So what Borei Olam is kind of saying here is 
I realize how innate and inborn this quality of, of evil is within the human being. And for that reason, I will no longer destroy the land or destroy them and the land because I see that it's not an easy thing to overcome. There's an, it, it's, it's very hard and we must institute some things in order to train people to actually behave well. Okay, so that, that's that, that phrase there. I think it's very important that's to realize that, that very, because it catches... Yeah, it, it catches the nuance of the fact that our badness is inborn with us before our ability to be good even comes. It. When we are growing up as a teenager, as a, we, we, have, we, have, we are different than when we, we were just talking yeah. about this. You know, the, when you grow up, you get more... You could develop better as you grow up, right? Okay. Wisdom, more wisdom. Now the problem is today, we infantilize the youth so that they stay young and dumb until they're very old. Yeah, we coddle them. You know, you know like... Um, Back in the day, an 18-year-old would, would be traveling, Traveled working. They'd be traveling. You, you, you guys know. My, my, my father, 16 years old, comes to the U.S. and starts to pay his own rent. You know? Today, you um, know you're at the, where are you going, 16? Don't. don't you, 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 uh, you control where, you know. We, yeah. So, so for some reason, there's, there's like society has, began, has begun to infantilize the youth. I don't know what's I left, causing it. I left it. my parents. I was 13 and a half. Wow, that's very early. Went to boarding school. And then people used to get married at 16, 17. That was in Iran. Even in America. I mean, I, I, yeah. I like to read it. Like, like, oh, people yeah. people get married. I don't know what 14 15, but you, no, look at, you, look at, you look at the marriage ages in the U.S., men would get married 18, 19, 20. Oh, because of... Oh, now, now it's like in America, the non-Jews, it's like 30, 35. Now they're old. They're not people, ready. It's very strange because, yeah, it's, it's not, nothing has changed biologically, obviously, but the level of maturity that a person can achieve, for some reason, is much less. Is much less. Wow. It's like there's something I, going I, I on think, that I mean, we can't... simple answer, what I see as a parent raising, my, I can speak about myself, is that we, we, back, we don't give the kids as much responsibility as they did I, I agree with time. you. I you think I think responsibility, responsibility ennobles you. Yeah. So so, for example, the whole idea of going to college. Now it's nice, but at the end of the day, college is is just high school again. I, I mean, I went to college. I know it's it's just it's basically just high, another four years of high school. So you're going, and typically your parents are paying your way through college, sure. or you're doing it via loan. So you're not paying it yourself. So. In the past, they didn't have college. They would go leave high school and go to work. Yeah. And, then, and then once they started working, their parents were like, okay, bye-bye, you know, pay your own rent. So they would start living their lives from 18. And now we're starting early as 22. Yeah, it's a big difference. Big difference. Until you get uh, you know? your, your student. Yeah. And it's not just machetes, I think. This is a cross. This is a, yes. uh, Americans. Are also, the, the trend in, in the political realm, you see the same thing. You can now stay on your parents' health insurance until you're 26. You know, five years ago, you know, ten, 10 years ago, 18. was it was 18, 21, something like that. Like, yeah, 23. 23. 23. Oh, okay. Farhad knows. <laughs> okay, let's do the next chapter. So, so that's, it's an interesting discussion. Uh, but, but, uh, this is an um, end. This is, this yeah, so, so the development, to get out of that phase of, of being an infant and to be a selfish and have that evil, start to wash it away with maturity, it's been slowing down a lot. And it's a problem because they keep lowering the voting age, ironically. 
So we're going in opposite directions. Now the, 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 the infants are now we're voting more. Okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> ninth, ninth chapter. Ninth chapter, Pasuk Aleph. God blesses Noah and his son saying, and he says to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill up the land. Amen, amen. amen. So, so Pasuk Bet. And the fear and, and the, the dread of you will be on all of the animals of the land and all of the birds of the sky. Everything that crawls on the land and all of the bur- and all of the fish of the sea have been given into your hands. Someone open up to the creation story. Yes. And we have to compare these two kings. It's very important to compare the two kings. So first of all, this is clearly f- filling into our theme that yes. this is the recreation of the yes. world. Yes. Okay. But but we have to see the differences because now that God realizes that man is is has this dark side within him, and we have to work with man instead of destroying man. Well, a lot of the things God is going to do at this, in this parak are going to modify things and, and help man get to a place where they could actually succeed. Okay? Pasu Gimel is very essential. Kol Remes, whenever you find it, let me know and, and read, it, read it for us. Yes, because he's naming, he's naming all, the, all the animals. He's, he's okay, so let, wait, let, let's, let's finish the Psukim and then yes. we'll compare. Kol Remes asher huchai lachem any creature that is living, for you it will be for food. Like the grass, of the, the green of the grass, I have given you it all. But flesh, but flesh you cannot have with its blood. Uh, meaning you cannot, you cannot eat flesh that has blood in it. And from here we know that what does it mean to have flesh that has blood in it? It's ever minachai. The, the rabbinic interpretation of this is how do you have flesh with blood in it? Well, if you kill, if you just rip off a piece of flesh off the animal while it's still alive. I, I, then I know firsthand from somebody who was a Jewish guy who said, you know, I never understood this. But he was in Africa in the bush. Okay. He said in order to keep their meat fresh, yeah, alive because they, people you would see. Some guy who walks by his, his, his cattle, and while he's walking, I've heard right, right, right. Come this before. Take flesh off of his body and put eat it. Oh. I've heard, and I've heard, I've heard. I've heard Rabbi Tone say this. It's a, it's a means of, it's a means of maintaining. A, if you don't have refrigeration, so how do you keep the meat fresh? Well, you slowly eat away at the animal. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of suffering for the animal. That's what this is exists. Oh, so you keep the you keep the animal alive, oh, but you make it suffer. What is this? Come on, change the subject. Okay, okay. Sorry, okay, sorry. Uh, also, other things. Um, should I just keep reading? Yeah, I'm going to read until the end of this aliyah. And the blood for your souls I will seek out. From any living creature I will seek it out. Meaning, I'm not going to let people just commit murder. Yes. No, I, I just won't allow that. From man, each man from his brother, I will seek out the life of man. If a person spills the blood of man, by other men, his blood shall be spilled. Meaning, death penalty. Because I... I created man in the image of God, which is very, very essential. This very is important. like a, this is the most important you know, this is the most, this is one of the most, maybe yes. one of the most important psukim in the yes. Torah yes. so far. Yes. You cannot spill blood. I will seek out vengeance for he who spills blood, because man has been created in the image of God, which means that by committing murder, 
You're, doing, you're, you're, you're committing a trespass against God. And the fact that people come from God gives them certain inalienable rights, if you want to use an American terminology. Certain, life, uh, certain, uh, certain basic uh, rights to life, liberty, <laughs> and the pursuit of happiness. Okay? And you should uh, multiply and become many and, and grow in the land and, and, uh, and multiply in it. Okay, read for us the original the original, the original text. That, that it starts, I, I, the way I found it is Pasukhaf Aleph. Um, it says, Vayavarech otam Elohim lemor, Purvu umilu et amayim, Vayimim, Vayaof, Yerevah. That's referring to the animals. Go to the one in, in man. Okay, Vayatim lemina, Vimina, Vachanitom, Vayaz Elohim etchayat elmina, okay. Okay, so we have we have that element. Mm-hmm. So now say Adam betzalmenu. Okay, so what does it say? And you will rule over those creatures, meaning your intelligence will be superior to them. But it doesn't say. What do we have in our text, which they, that that text doesn't have? They will fear you. They will fear you. Because originally it seems like we were supposed to be coexisting with the animals and we would be eating, we'd be eating vegetation. Right. But maybe because now we're allowed to eat the animals, they're gonna fear us. now they're they going know, to fear they're us. Perhaps, know, I'm, just, I'm just speculating. They're going to know that you're going to... Yeah. And also, by the way, we said that the, the fact that he sends out a raven first, an animal of prey, and maybe the fact that he brings a korban of flesh of an animal, maybe is a hint to Boreolam that it's on Noah's mind that he wants flesh, that he wants food. Maybe. That's why I've read that, Perush. Okay. 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 Uh, you rule over them, and then? And then the food is the grass. So we have, so the difference is this time the animals will fear you instead of you will rule over them, okay? Because now we have an interaction with the animals. And last time the food was the grass and the vegetation. And this time the food is, is the flesh of the animals. So what are the laws? What are the initial laws that are, that are given to Noah? So, so to understand these laws, first of all, realize what exactly these laws are for. These laws are to help Noah or humanity despite the fact that we are created and we have evil inclinations from our youth to start to help us to develop some certain basic levels of morality that will help us succeed and live well Correct. not not destroy the be responsible for destroying the earth again so how do these laws do that that's that's what we have to understand i mean it's good it's nice that now we have meat but what does it mean that we have meat how does that help humanity Okay, so we can start with the easier ones, and then we'll get to the we'll get to the harder ones. So the easier ones are do not kill, because you have to realize that every human, even the goyim, were created in God's image. So anybody who kills, because this is Noah's yes. laws, this is yes. not for yes. Abraham, this is yes. not for specific people, this is for everyone. Yes. So no killing, because you have to have the fundamental appreciation for the fact that. Man was created in God's image and therefore they are holy to a certain extent and they have some basic, some basic value. So that's, that's very important to understand. Next, you cannot, when you eat animals, 
You cannot do it in an inhumane way. So what Daniel was describing, you take the flesh slowly off an animal, that's disgusting. And that's, that's cruel to the animal. So in order to have from the animal, you must kill it first so that it's not suffering as you're eating it. Also, it could be that they used to have certain like rituals. Uh, I could imagine it's true. I read that sure. it may be true. They had certain rituals in which they would drink the blood of the animal, this and that, and, and it's just very disgusting. Finally, another thing about the blood is that if you're going to have respect for life because, because God creates life and he gives life to creatures and you want to get us to a point of not killing, then what we also don't want to do is, is take the blood or, or uh, drink the blood of an animal. Meaning blood represents like the life. Right. So in order to get us to have respect for the life, we don't drink the life of the animal. That's like, that's like overboard. Now we, we, we could kill it because this is the modification that's happening is we're allowed to now but eat the animals. Also with respect. Like we have to do it with respect. In Shekhita, we're supposed to cover the blood with the... With the, with the with I've, blood. I've heard that the reason you cover the blood in Shekhita is because... A lot of the goyim will do like a, would would have very would have rituals with the blood and this and that and we cover the blood yeah we cover the blood so that we don't do nobody does avodazara with it okay so we understand and what is it how does it um, so we understand the idea behind not drinking the blood it could be pulling us away from pagan it could also be by the way if you drink of the blood of the animal what are you basically what are you doing you're taking of the essence of the animal and putting it within you. It's like the blood is like the life force. It represents the essence of the animal. So if we're eating the blood or we drinking be, the blood, we become like we're animal. becoming like an animal. And the whole point of this is to separate us yes. from the animal. Still, continuously. And now that we have that, so we're not killing, so meaning no law of the jungle, the way animals kill each other, we're not going to do that anymore. Because some humans, unlike animals, are created in Tzalem Elohim. We cannot drink the blood of the animal because we don't want to become like the animal. And then why is it now that we are going to be eating flesh as opposed to eating vegetation, because perhaps what was happening in the mind of the human being is why, when they were eating the same food as the animals, they thought themselves to be similar to animals. But once they can eat animal flesh and exert their dominance over the animals, it gets them to realize that we are above. We are above and we are separate. And I think that's one of the reasons why korbanot are important. Because by sacrificing korbanot, human beings get a realization of the fact that we are separate from animals, that we are better and more dominant than animals. And by eating animals, we also develop this idea that we are more dominant than animals, and that hopefully should get us to come to the realization that we should behave also in a more not, superior not, not way not to like the animals. animals. So that's this whole system of laws that we're seeing here are all targeting the human mind to get it to realize its supremacy. Because until human beings separate themselves mentally from animals and see themselves as above, whether in terms of not drinking the blood of the animals or, or of uh, not killing each other like animals do in the wild or eating animals so they realize that we dominate them and they don't dominate us, until we realize that, it's we're going to continue to behave like animals. Because now I look back and see Adam and Chava, they had an interaction with, an, with, a, with, a, yeah. with, a, with a snake. snake yes. But that's, we're, not, we're not at the same level of snake. We're not on the same level. We're, we're, it's like a separation now. Now we don't have any more technically interaction with animals like that anymore. That's an interesting thing. Where you're claiming that the fact that they could speak to a snake yeah. in, in a common language is evidence of the fact that they were primitive and they were more animalistic. It's almost like the snake didn't go lower than us, is yes. that we went above the snake. We yes. grew out of the snake. 
It's an interesting idea. I, I, I have to think about it more. It's, it's a nice idea. But yeah, but, but these are the ideas that are, that are, that are being conveyed to Noah right now. Um, and then the next part of the text, I want to, I wanna, uh, for the first class on Sunday, if you guys could make it, sure. we're going to be Amen. studying the Tower of Babel, oh, oh. but also the story of Noah and, and the thing, and when he, when he planted the vineyard. I, I, I'm, it's unfortunate that I have to give that class in public in, in a bigger setting because that class is one of those very deep ones. The, the vineyard story is extremely deep. It's one of those like mind-blowing ones, you know, like the Adam and Chava stories. So it, it, I'll just, uh, just to give you a little taste of it, um, there's an interesting comparison between the fact that Noah, upon being created, goes, gets himself naked and Adam and Chava were also naked, naked. Oh. at the very beginning. There is a relationship oh. there which you have to explore. But I'll leave that as a cliffhanger so you actually come to the class That's on Sunday. Um, in, terms of, in terms of this, uh, the covenant of the, of the rainbow, that's just uh, the rainbow, it's like there's a peaceful symbol and it represents uh, the fact that Borei Olam is not going to destroy the world anymore. I think I'm going to start after the rainbow story. I'm going to start uh, on the Shishi, the sixth Aliyah. Okay, so we're going to skip Yeah, we're skipping the rainbow story because I think you could just read it inside of it. Okay,